Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Before we go on, I just want to give a quick shout out to Brilliant, who are our sponsors for this episode. Brilliant is pretty much the best place to learn math, science, and computer science online. A lot of the maths that we're taught in schools focuses on memorizing some method and getting good at repeating that method in exam. But the best thing about Brilliant is that it actually helps you develop intuition and real understanding of the concepts. They have a great series of courses on the fundamentals of probability and statistics, which I think are a super important topic for everyone in the 21st century. Learning and understanding this stuff will really change the way you see the world. Uh, so go to brilliant.org forward slash not overthinking. And the first 200 people to sign up via that link will get 20% off an annual subscription to the site. Big thank you to Brilliant for... Hello and welcome to Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I've just come in from a, an, a one-hour walking phone call uh, in the garden with my friend. Uh, and it was nice, yeah. The whole walking outside, chilling on the grass, strolling around with the AirPods in and talking. It, it feels pretty magical. This, this is a friend of mine who lives in New York. And it's pretty cool that I'm just like walking around with these headphones in and my phone in my pocket. And I, I'm hearing his voice in my head and he's hearing my voice in his head. It's unbelievable. Damn. <laughs> the, the, the magic of telephoning, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Whoever came up with the telephone is... Uh, <laughs> that dude. <laughs> the smart cookie, yeah. What a legend. So you're walking around the garden. Yeah. He, he, have you not done the walking phone call thing before? I've done it a little bit, but I think yeah. this was the first time I felt like fully immersed. I think, I think like before I tried to do like video calls and it, it feels less immersive because like you're holding the phone, you look at, you're looking at the thing. Whereas I think just pure audio call while you're walking around is, uh, is quite immersive. Yeah, I think pure, pure audio call is the way forward. I've, I've done a few video calls and I always feel like, like I, I find it a bit annoying because I feel like I have to give the, the other person my sort of undue attention. Whereas I would much rather just hear that right. voice and then kind of do, do something else concurrently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice when you already kind of have rapport with someone. I, I think if it's like someone completely new, I think video helps like the first time you're chatting to them. But if you already have rapport with them, I think like catching up with a friend on pure audio is better than audio plus video. So one thing that I've, I, I want to test out is doing the pure audio phone calls in the car, which I've done a few times. Um, and actually, so um, uh, before lockdown, I used to have this thing on my website where I would, uh, if anyone was visiting Cambridge, I'd offer to buy them a coffee. And I, I met up with loads of people because of this thing. Uh, but since lockdown, yeah. um, I now have these car calls with people on the way to work sometimes. And it's always just kind of quite nice. It just gives me something to do in the car. And I can always, like, often it's someone who wants to start a business doing something or other. And I kind of crush their dreams a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if, 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 it feels pretty good. I, I haven't really done that much with friends because, I don't know, I, I, I feel like in my head they would not appreciate the fact that I'm, I'm in the car and talking on my AirPods. Although I don't know if, I don't know what the sound quality would be like in any case. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what I've uh, been doing. Apart from that, I bought a PS4 this week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, what on earth prompted that? <laughs> you were like, "Oh, I'm being too productive was... working on my startup, therefore I need a PS4." <laughs> no, I think a few days ago, I was just I was feeling a bit lonely. I was like, "Oh man, I want to hang out with my friends." <laughs> and it seems like most of well, a lot, a lot of my friends are playing Call of Duty together, <laughs> and i like to be part of that so, so, so like that. what's the setup it's it's been a very long time since i've like i mean i've i've never done the playstation live thing like how does it work i don't know i i've apparently the call of duty game is like 100 gigabytes or something so it was it was downloading overnight and it should be ready for me to play maybe maybe this evening oh, wait so you think you can download that. games off the internet these days you don't have to go to the shop and buy a disc yeah yeah yeah. it's mental wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah, I'll, I'll find out what the, what the flow is like soon have you got like the headset and stuff? No, I, I, I'm not sure how people do that. I was planning to just like do like what? a WhatsApp call nah, while you're on. playing. Surely people must talk What's to each other on the, surely people must talk to each other on, the, on, on the headset. There has to be some kind of calling feature within, within the PS4. I think, I think there is like, it came with some headphones that you can plug into a controller or something. Yeah. I, I look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this. I'll find out soon enough. <laughs> okay. But, if uh, anyone in the chat wants to let us know how the PS4 live thing works, then uh, let us know, please. Yeah, that's uh, that's been my week. How about you? What's going on? 
Um, I had a bit of a, a moment of melancholy last night. So yesterday we launched a new Skillshare class on how to use Angie flashcards and stuff. That's one of those things okay. that when sort of we've been working at it for the last few weeks. And like when you kind of launch something and it's like, it kind of feels a bit deflating afterwards because like, oh, okay, well, I guess kind of on to, on to the next one. Um, yeah. And I kind of had this, had, had this moment last night where I'd, I'd gotten home from work. I'd done my workout. I'd done a video that I wasn't even planning to film, but I just kind of did one anyway. And then it was, it was only half past nine. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, it's only half past nine. Like, what, what do I do now? And I thought, I guess yeah. we kind of do another video. And I was like, I can't really be bothered. So in, in the end, I just kind of, sort of had a bubble bath and listened to my audiobook <laughs> and then read on my kindle like a fiction book for like a solid hour and then slept at a reasonable time <laughs> i was like what <laughs> is is this what real life like, is like <laughs> yeah so that's so funny yeah i don't know man it's 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 kind of weird not having anything <laughs> so where, acute to be doing where did, where did the melancholy come in it sounds like you had a nice evening as in it was a nice evening but the melancholy okay so the melancholy came in because i feel like for the past few years um Oh, on that note, people are saying you make parties in which you invite your friends to and talk. Uh, so that's how the PS4 thing. Yeah, on the PlayStation, yeah, you can form a party. Anyway, the melancholy came in because for the last few years, my sort of North Star for like, what do I decide to do in a given moment is always working, has always been working towards this whole financial independence thing, right? You know, setting yeah. up these multiple streams of passive income. And now I'm going to sound like an absolute twat. But with all these various Skillshare classes and the YouTube stuff, like I've, I've kind of hit that goal of being financially independent with this sort, with this sort of stuff. And so the melancholy yeah. came in from thinking that I guess now we move on to the next Skillshare class and try and make some more <laughs> passive income. It just felt yeah, yeah. a little bit hollow. And so I was like, damn, maybe I need to actually think about what to do with my life rather than just chase after, <laughs> chase after the dollar. <laughs> so, yeah, chasing the bag. <laughs> is that what it's called? Chasing the bag? I think, I, I think yeah, yeah. The, the bag or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. No, but I, 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 I can sort of empathize with you where... I think most of the time I I feel like some pressure of like, I, I even felt this at university of like, oh, I have to be like working on some side side project or something. Mm. And these days it's like, there's always stuff on calls to be doing. And so, yeah, maybe like a couple of times a month, there'll be an evening where I feel like I've done a decent amount of work. I also don't have any like pressingly urgent things I need to do. And, I, and, and then I think to myself, oh, okay, now I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and then that's the sadness sort of hits of like, what do I do then? <laughs> and I guess, I guess normally like, yeah, I, I think the lockdown kind of uh, highlights that a bit more. Cause like you also, you know, normally you hang out with your friends and stuff. Whereas now it's like, if I have one of those moments where it's like, oh, okay, I could actually, I could just chill out for a couple of hours. Uh, then it's like, yeah, there's, there's, I don't want to do like some, I'm sometimes in the mood to play piano. I'm sometimes in the mood to watch a movie or something. But a lot of the time it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess yeah, I just I guess go I on Twitter or something. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. possibly this, the sort of solution to this really big conundrum, uh, while there's so much going on in the world, you know, this is the first world problem that we're having. I think possibly the solution is to, for it, is, is to just have this very distinct kind of work mode and play mode. Like in play, like yesterday in that, in those two hours of I don't really know what to do. I sort of felt a bit weird just kind of reading a book because I, I sort of felt like, huh, I, should, I guess I should be doing something more productive than this. Um, but maybe it's a case of being like, you know what, from, from 9 p.m. I'm just going gonna, gonna to do something actively unproductive like every evening or, or just sort of essentially building a rule <laughs> to, yeah, for me yeah, to yeah, allow yeah. me to enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this rule. I think at, at university, I, uh, I had a strict no, no working after 10 p.m. rule. I, I don't know why I did this because there are definitely times where I should have been working after 10 p.m. But I sort of mentally checked out from feeling bad after 10 p.m. <laughs> nice. I, I think it was uh, it really helped. It really helped with what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's your outcome measure? <laughs> remains to be seen, but I'm sure I'm sure it's done something useful. Okay, fine. Should we uh, yeah. stop rambling and get on with what we're actually talking about today? Yep. So we are continuing. Oh, our... mate, no, a okay. couple, couple more rambly bits. A couple more rambly bits. Oh, perfect. Mate, the, this whole podcast episode can, can just be a ramble then. Um. There's this documentary on Netflix about Jeffrey Epstein. Started watching that in the background sometimes. Okay, who's Jeffrey, like some, Jeffrey Epstein? My, my, Jeffrey Epstein was this like prolific billionaire pedophile guy who uh, allegedly killed himself in prison like in August last year. I'm sure you know about this. There's a whole meme of like Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, no, never seen this before in my life. What? Okay, basically he was like this billionaire financier guy, allegedly. Like allegedly he made like a ton of money in finance 
investing the money of rich people and uh, and so on. And he was like, yeah, he had a private island in the Virgin Islands, had like uh, properties in every major city and stuff like that. And he was like mates with basically everyone who is anyone in the world. Like any anyone whose net worth is like north of 500 million was was basically mates with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, Bill Gates, uh, Bill Clinton. Like, you know, he, he was like highly elite, very well-connected guy. Turned out he was like a a massive pedophile. He, he and probably some of the people he associated with uh, used to take underage girls to their private island in the Virgin Islands and sexually abuse them. And Damn. this went on for decades and decades. And he was so powerful that uh, and had so much influence that any time for, for a very long time, like people did start to speak up against him and be like, you know, Jeffrey Epstein you know, took me to his island and abused me. And nothing would happen because the dude just had so much power and influence, it would always get shut down. And eventually, after a couple of decades of, of trying, this actually ended up happening. And he was sent to prison last August, where he was swiftly, where he swiftly committed suicide by hanging, uh, by hanging himself. And I think the reason no one believes this is because there were far too many very, very powerful people who were involved in this little pedo ring that if if he was in prison, they could like torture him and get and get him to rat out everyone else who was involved, and then like half the world's billionaires would would also now be kind of caught up in it. And so I think most people believe that yeah, it was just too dangerous to have this guy alive and torturable in prison. So someone had so, him whacked, as it were. And so yeah, yeah, like the the other the other like billionaires had him whacked. And it's it's a crazy story because just just how much like power and influence this guy had. And it's more interesting. After you, I, I recommend that it's a fascinating story, 100%. Like one of the craziest stories that, that's gone around recently. I recommend, I recommend listening to Eric Weinstein's podcast episode about Jeffrey Epstein. Eric Weinstein is the guy we, we, we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago. He has an amazing podcast called The Portal. Uh, truly, you know, very novel, interesting ideas and ways of thinking and like peeling back the onion skin on, uh, of society. Mm. And Eric Weinstein has a semi-conspiracy theory that Jeffrey Epstein was essentially a construct of the U.S. government, um, meaning that he was, uh, yeah, he, you know, he was essentially this figure that w- that was created by the U.S. government to sort of do their bidding because he was very good at getting powerful people to sort of become his friend. And so, once a powerful person becomes his friend, you know, they they very quickly become complicit in you know the various criminal stuff he was doing, even outside of like the pedophilia. And then now the U.S. government has power over all of these powerful people uh, because if they control Epstein, then Epstein has dirt on basically all the other people. And so I think Weinstein believes that Jeffrey Epstein was a construct of the U.S. government uh, that went terribly out of hand because of the pedophilia stuff uh, and almost like brought the whole system down. And it, it, it's a very compelling conspiracy theory uh, that Eric Weinstein makes. So I, I highly recommend listening to that episode. Uh Oh, and yeah, that'll just like op- open your eyes to, yeah, man, there's a whole world out there, man. Like, <laughs> we're just so blind. Um, but yeah, listen, but first listen to the, the Portal episode on Jeffrey FC, and then watch a Netflix documentary. Okay, so, so not the other way around. Actually, I think it'll be interesting either way around. Yeah, I mean, wh- whichever way around, it'll be interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I, think I need Sorry. to get better at this. For, ex- for, for example, when it comes to watching documentaries, like often I kind of think, well, this isn't directly relevant to my life. Therefore, it, like I, I can't see this being immediately useful. Therefore, I'm not going to watch it. And I can't see it being immediately entertaining. Therefore, you know, like, I don't know, watching Money Heist would be. Therefore, I'm not going to watch it. But I feel, I don't know, I, I've got a lot of friends who are like super, super into the documentary stuff. And there must be something to it. Dude, yeah, documentaries are awesome. I think like the Epstein thing is just... It's just a crazy story. Like you watch, you'd watch it as like a mystery thriller if it was a movie. It's just that crazy. Uh, but it happens to be real. And I think, I think like, yeah, listening to the Weinstein episode about Jeffrey Epstein certainly opened my eyes to a lot of things that go on in the world that I'm not aware of, and kind of changed changed the way I view government and kind of the powers that be. And so I think it does actually have like a tangible effect on your life. Um, oh. Well, I think document. Okay. Like documentaries are just interesting because like, I mean, uh, basically I sometimes put on a documentary in the background while I'm, while I have like a hundred emails to send out or something, or while I need to do some like grunt work. Um, and I think Louis, Th- you know, Louis Theroux, right? Yes. I've heard he's a very good documentarian. Yeah. A British kind of documentarian. I think he, he started off in comedy. 
and then became a documentarian. Uh, yeah, he has some very interesting ones where he like, yeah, I, I guess he tries to sort of immerse himself in a subculture that most people wouldn't really be aware of. There's a very interesting one he did about prisons uh, recently where he goes into a prison, like spends some time there and it kind of gives you an insight into that kind of life, which I'm not really aware of. You know, it does the same with like white supremacists. There was one about like wrestling, like people who do wrestling, not like WWE wrestling, but like the, the same thing, like, you know, semi-fake like actual, wrestling. Actual wrestling. No, no, semi-fake, like okay. like entertainment wrestling, just not as big as WWE. Okay. They're just like doing it for fun and for a bit of money. And like it's, it, it, is, it is sort of like a career, but they haven't made it big. And it's just, it's just so interesting to get a glimpse into, yeah, just subcultures that you're not really part of. That's the same reason why the the Tiger King thing was, you're aware of the Tiger King I'm aware right? of the Tiger King documentary. I've seen memes about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's another thing where it's just like this bizarre subculture that we wouldn't be exposed to in, in day-to-day life. And it's just interesting to see, yeah, just the, the range of human experience that there is out there, man. And so I think it's, yeah, I feel like I often rail against you for <laughs> taking a very shallow and surface level approach to life, but I think you're missing out on a lot. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big world out there <laughs> outside of passive income. Oh, damn. And Tim Ferriss. <laughs> hey, it's been a while since I've listened to him. <laughs> He's actually got a new podcast out, the Tools of Titans podcast. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, really? No, I've seen Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm sold. I need to start watching doc because, like, occasionally, for for example, on on Curiosity Stream, I w- I'd watch a documentary about like food or Alzheimer's and stuff. And at the end of it, I always think, oh, that, oh okay. that was kind of interesting. I should watch more documentaries. Um, and then I just kind of never do because <laughs> I don't know. Right. I I, I don't have yeah. a, a way of kind of fitting it into my life at the moment. Um. So yeah, I think that it's a good background thing while you're doing some like not too brain intensive work. Yeah. Oh. Okay, because like with like a proper TV show, it it sort of grabs your attention a bit more. I feel so. Is documentary kind of less attention yeah. grabbing than TV show? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, also, another exciting news: the rocket SpaceX rocket has just launched. Apparently, people are informing us in the chat. Wait, was was that now? That was literally right now. It's just launched. Oh, mate! Wait, wait, wait! Let me just open Twitter and, and watch this. Yeah, we're, we're missing out on history. Also, every, also everyone in the chat is saying that you need to sort your microphone out. So I think you, your job this week should be to get an audio interface so you can connect that fancy-ass mic to your actual laptop. What? Is my audio quality actually bad? Yeah, because you're talking from your AirPods compared to this. Like, this is going to sound absolutely sick compared to yeah. that, which is going to sound like 144p, people are saying. <laughs> Damn. All right. Sorry. Sorry, chat. I'll get an audio interface. What is this? Um, okay. Have you okay. opened Twitter and are you now watching this launch of this rocket thing? Yeah, but I think we missed it anyway. Yeah, the liftoff was 12 minutes ago. That was an interesting bit. Uh, cool, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to the episode. Right, so ha- having, having rambled for 20 minutes, <laughs> let's now talk. <laughs> this episode, we are continuing with the 68 bits of unsolicited advice that we started doing uh, a couple of episodes ago, or maybe last episode, depending on when these get uploaded. Yes, indeed. Oh, I wonder if I can actually share my screen on the live chat. There must be a way to do this. Oh, hello. Show Safari, the Technetium. Amazing. Oh, hang on. This is working. This is actually working. So if I want to move this across. Apologies to everyone who's listening to this on the podcast because we should just stay silent so we can cut the silence out. Hmm. Oh, perfect. This actually is looking reasonably good on the live stream now. So we've got, I don't know if you can see this table, but we've got you and me. And then. I can't actually see it. Oh, you're not looking at I could probably I could probably open it up in another window. Actually, uh, it's not it's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, it's 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 kind of helpful for you to, for you to see the chat, so, so we can actually monitor see what yeah. people are saying in the chat. Oh, the two things live on on my YouTube homepage are uh, SpaceX launching a rocket with people into space, and the two of us rambling on about random crap. <laughs> yep, that is how we roll. Okay, I'm monitoring all the things now. Perfect. Okay, cool. So where do we get to? Last time we were talking about unsolicited pieces of life advice so i have the thing on the screen i think uh i think the next one uh for context if you're just now uh if you haven't listened to the previous episode a guy called kevin kelly he uh recently turned 68 and so he published a blog post with 68 pieces of life advice that he's uh, gathered over the years uh this kevin kelly guy is uh yeah he's very big on the whole like creator economy before it was cool uh he came up with this uh theory called the 1000 true fans theory where uh he sort of posited that all you need to make a living doing what you love is a thousand true fans. Uh, so like a thousand people who'd pay you, you know, like $5 a month for whatever it is that you do. Um, and so, yeah, 
He's a cool guy. We're reading his advice. Uh, I'll I'll kick us off with the with the next one. Okay, I think uh, I think this was the next one. Uh, this piece of advice says the purpose of a habit is to remove that action from self negotiation. You no longer expend energy deciding whether to do it. You just do it. Uh, good habits can range from telling the truth to flossing. You're a big habits guy, a strong habits guy. What do you what do you think of this? I'm a strong habits guy. Uh, I think this is like the main purpose of habits, right? Like we need willpower slash motivation slash discipline to do things that aren't habitual. And yet, uh, well, I was going to, I was, I was going to use the example of brushing the teeth at night, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, uh, that still requires a little bit of motivation for me at times. And I know that's the case for you as well, possibly even for you kind of changing your underwear and showering in the morning and stuff. I don't, I don't know if that's still the case or if that was your, your university days. I don't see changing my underwear as like, I don't care about doing it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it when it, when it feels right. <laughs> I don't care about doing it every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that makes sense. But yeah, no, the, the purpose of a habit is to remove that action from self-negotiation. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, there's so many examples in my, in, in my life I can think of where, where this is a thing. Like, for example, the, the weekly email newsletter that you can find at email.aliabdal.com. That is not an exercise in self-negotiation. It's just, a, it's just something that has to be done. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. Good habits can range from, t- from telling the truth to flossing. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, I think this is fairly non 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 controversial. Yeah, the more we can kind of build the habit then and maintain the habit, then it it's, it's, it just becomes. Uh, I think like the main point of the habit thing is that when we when we develop a habit, it kind of becomes part of our identity. And so, for example, it, it's a case of I am a healthy person, therefore I exercise regularly, or I'm a healthy person, therefore I eat healthily, rather than. I'm trying to lose 10 pounds there from eating healthily. Like it's all about yeah, identity yeah. change. And for example, for me now with the YouTube thing, it's like people ask me, how do you have the motivation to churn out videos every week? And I'm like, well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take any motivation because it's just who I am now. Like it is, it is yeah, what I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's like going to work in the morning. It's like not an option. It's yeah. And yeah. So I, I fully buy this. Have you, have you, have you got any good habits that you, that you use these days? I, uh, I make the bed. I've been making the bed for a few months now. And yeah, almost every time I do it, I always think like, whoa, like, why did I do that? I didn't even think about doing it. I just like, I saw there was a clump of duvet on the bed and I just made the bed. <laughs> I think nice. it's pretty cool that I, I just do it without thinking. Um, yeah, that's probably, I mean, I brush my teeth. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got any other like killer habits that I'm really sticking to. But I think uh, Clayton Christensen has a good thing about, uh, I think he says something like, it's easier to stick to your principles 100% of the time than it is 99% of the time. Uh, I think that that's a similar thing of like, yeah, just like uh, stopping yourself from self-negotiating and just deciding that oh, I'm going to do this thing. And sure, there might be like one out of a hundred times where actually doing this thing isn't terribly useful or might be sort of the the, the the worst thing to do overall. But it's just easier if I never lie, or it's just easier if I always do this or something. You know? Yeah, th- th- this was the and 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 still is the kind of secular reason as to what I tell people about why I don't drink. Because it's like, well, yes, I get that in, in small doses, it's not that bad for you, blah, 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 blah. But it's it's just so much easier to have a 100% policy right. than to have a 98% policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on from habits. Um, do you want to do the next one? Yes. Ah, oh, next one is nice and short. Promptness is a sign of respect. Yeah. I back it. Although, so... Uh, this one's interesting. So I've, I've been reading a fair bit of sort of like from travel bloggers and stuff, you know, vloggers with a B who write about traveling. And they talk about how in different cultures, like this whole, it's just not at all a thing that you're going to be on time. And y- yeah, yeah. Y- you and I definitely know this from like the whole Asian thing. It's like you get invited to a wedding at half 12 and you rock up at half four and no one's arrived apart from you. But like yep. uh, apparently in lots of parts of Africa, like the, yep. the, the concept of promptness is not even a thing. Like, I don't know if you noticed that when you were in Malawi or wherever else. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think when I spent a summer in Malawi, that was like probably the biggest culture change, which is that, yeah, just culturally, the being on time is, you know, I guess instead of in in the UK, there's a a reasonable leeway for being on time is maybe like 15 to 20 minutes late. Yeah, for example, if we're hanging out with friends, chances are someone's going to be 15 to 20 minutes late. And we think of that as like, you know, that's like, okay, that's on time i guess uh in the japanese public transport system being on time is like not being more than like five seconds late or something and uh yeah certainly uh in in malawi uh, being on time is sort of 
much bigger leeway than over, than over here. So how, like, how does, how, how does that work? Like it, if you arrange to like hang out with some friends at like 3 PM, then in, in Malawi, what does that, what does that look like? Uh, I don't really, know. I don't really know to be honest. Oh, okay. So you weren't really hanging out with friends in Malawi. Fine. <laughs> uh, I guess I, if I think back, okay, I think it was more casual. Like for example, I had a few sort of, uh, friends while I was there who, you know, were locals rather than foreigners. And us hanging out on the weekends would look like, you know, we'd arrange over text to be like, hey, do you want to like hang out on Saturday morning or something? And they'd be like, yeah. And then there'd be a plan where they'd come around to where I was staying at some point. Yeah, they'd basically come around to where I was staying at some point in the afternoon. And, you know, we might agree on like 12 o'clock as like a tentative time or something. But it really could be anywhere from like 12 to 4 or something. So it, it, it's kind of like that. It's not, it's not like you're showing up to the town square expecting your friend to be there. <laughs> you're standing around for four hours. Yeah, it's more like <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, I'll come over to your place at some point in the afternoon when I can be bothered. Uh, yeah, that was my experience anyway. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, the, next, uh, the next bit of advice is when you're young, spend at least six months to one year living as poor as you can, owning as little as you possibly can, eating beans and rice in a tiny room or tent to experience what your worst lifestyle might be. That way, anytime you have to risk something in the future, you won't be afraid of the worst case scenario. I actually, I have something to say about this. Because like, I think Tim Ferriss, what? Oh, I said, I said, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't find this terribly useful for myself. Uh, I know Tim Ferriss has a similar thing where like, I don't know, once a month or something, he'll like, I don't know, like starve himself or something like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's called fasting. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but <laughs> yeah, and like no, it's, know, it's like I... a common like sto- stoicism thing that you know right. a, a few a few times a month you should live in 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 the st- in in your worst imaginable state. So you so then you think is this the condition that I so feared, and you realize actually it's not it's not that bad. But yeah, why why yeah. why why do you take issue with this? I don't take issue with it. I think it's good, but I, I think it's personally not useful advice for me because when I think about like taking a risk or something or. You know, when I think about my life turning out poorly or something like that, the thing I'm worried about is not that, like, I will end up uh, sort of, you know, without food or without shelter or anything like that. Yeah. And like, this is this is obviously like a a huge sign of uh, of privilege and maybe just uh, me being a bit delusional. But but it just doesn't seem like a reality that that could ever happen. The 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 thing that I think about when like thinking about risk taking or whatever is. Sort of like, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's that I don't want other people to feel sorry for me. I don't want people to look at Tame and think, oh, poor guy. He's not doing great. You know? Really? That's, <laughs> that's what's in your head is like the, the worst yeah, case scenario. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fear, yeah, yeah. The I fear think... that people will pity you. Yes. Wow. I think that's worth it's, I think it's, Why is it, that? It's really, really strong. I don't, I've been thinking about this. I think, uh, I, I think I became aware of this as like a particularly strong thing a few years ago. Um, I mean, okay. obviously, initially, I assumed that like everyone does it, like. <laughs> but you're telling me that's not that like that's not like a terribly strong thing within you. Uh, no, not within me. Like for me, my sort of worst case scenario is that the, you know this thing of I'm shackled to a job that I don't enjoy, and I need that to pay the okay. bills. Because like, yeah, for for me also realistically, it's just highly unlikely that I'll end up living in a tent and eating rice and beans. It would be much more likely that I'm like, okay, well. I now have to be a doctor five days a week to make ends meet. Like that right, would be yeah. the most reasonable worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So like that, that's the kind of sort of worst case scenario, whatever that I imagine. But yeah, the, the thing I fear is that like, you know, I, w- I wouldn't want someone to look at me and think, Oh, poor Tame, you know, he spent like so long working on his startup and it all amounted to nothing. And now <laughs> oh, he's, he's just gone back to, he's gone back to his day job or whatever. And, Oh, he's still single, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I hate the idea of people pitying me. <laughs> That's very interesting. That's very much kind of the whole lo kyakahenge, what will people say type vibe. Yeah, I guess so. Why? Surely you're more enlightened than that. I'm, I'm so surprised that that's, the, that that's the way that you think. Okay, so I don't think it's like, hmm, I don't think, I think it's subtly, I think it, it it's probably related to that, but I think it's subtly different from the standard one. The standard, like worrying about what people will think and worrying about people judging you, is kind of like worrying about yeah, mo- mostly about like worrying about looking foolish or like worrying about like um, how people might interpret your actions or something. Whereas this is more like I don't know. I feel like it's subtly different. Like it, it's not like there's sort of 
it's not like I'm worried about other people judging me. Okay. It's about I'm worried about. You're worried about. Know, it is judging. You're worried about ending up in a place where people will. You're worried about. Yeah, I, I think in a way it is people judging, but it's not the fact. It's not the fact of the judgment that you're worried about. It's the position you will have ended up in in order for that judgment to be incurred upon yourself that you're worried about. I don't know. Like, no, no, no. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's, it's the judgment itself. Like, I know I don't need that much, much money to live on. I know, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a, a solid skill set that I, I will be able to make some money doing something if it came down to it. So I'm, I'm not concerned about me having to, like, live frugally in the worst case scenario. I'm not concerned about that at all. I really that people am are like, oh, about... he's, he's put all this effort into this startup and it didn't go anywhere. Oh, what a douche, <laughs> like, what a failure or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I guess, okay, I, I maintain that it's subtly different from like fear of being judged or whatever, you know? Like, I do Do you see what I mean? Like, No, why is it Am I just like rational? Uh, okay, for example, you starting the YouTube channel yeah. and people thinking that you're being silly or something for a, about a year or something while you were making videos and not getting much many views. Yeah. That's something I'd be fine with if that if I were doing something like that. And, you know, when I quit my job and stuff, I think I think yeah, you know, I think some people definitely did think that like what is this guy doing? This guy's off his rocker or something. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. But I think they weren't feeling sorry for me. I don't, I don't mind them thinking I'm crazy. I don't mind them thinking I am like I basically don't mind them thinking anything except for poor guy (laughs) i think it's subtly different right like for example the fear of looking foolish it's it's sometimes like people thinking oh poor guy what a fool but for example with your with you starting the youtube channel or something people aren't thinking oh poor 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 guy his 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 had to start a youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) they're thinking like what the hell is he doing yeah they put the camera away (laughs) yeah I, I, i don't mind being thought of as weird at all uh, I think most of the judging thing is about being thought of as weird or different or something. I don't mind that in the slightest. I do mind people feeling bad for me <laughs> for some reason. Okay. And like, I'm sure most people, you know, obviously most people actually don't care. And I'm, you know, but the idea of uh, other people feeling bad for me in some way feels strongly bad. <laughs> do, you, do you agree that it's slightly different from the standard like fear of being judged? Because uh, do you agree the the, fear, the standard fear of being judged is, is like fear of being weird? Yeah, yeah, no, I that's the standard fear of being judged. But I think the fear of society's judgment or fear of what people will think has many facets, and the fear right. of being thought weird is just one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fear of being thought uh, thought arrogant is another big one as to why people don't do things. Yeah, like oh oh, I would never sing in public because people will think oh you know how how arrogant is that person for thinking that they can even sing even though that's a different it's it's not I'm worried people will think I'm weird that's what I'm worried people will think I'm more of a big a big head than I actually am and your thing is I'm worried about people taking pitying there's a few oh a few a few interesting comments from the chat so fear, failing at proving people wrong like they were they were right to doubt you um some no, I, I don't think it's that. Sanjana says, oh, so you're basically scared of people judging you for not succeeding at your passion and then settling for some ordinary day job. I don't, look, this thing is, it's not like a specific thing about like, I specifically fear that people might see me having to get a real job or something. It's it's more of a general thing of like, I strongly don't want people to feel bad for me or pity me in any way. So is that like a, a case of pride? Like, maybe. Pride is in one of the seven deadly things. <laughs> well, I, I never quite understood what that means. Like, what does that mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just a. It's normally one of those words that you say, and people are like, "Oh yeah, you're right." <laughs> people will apply their own internal definition of it and be like, "Oh crap, that's me." Right. Um, oh, uh, Ritava says, "I think he's fearful of being judged for being helpless if he's ever in a situation where he actually feels so." Um, and Atto says, "Tame has courage for doing it anyway, regardless of his fear." Nice. I think that's a good. <laughs> this is this is definitely something we we need to explore a bit more. I I feel, I feel like this sort of discussion is easier had in person. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm very surprised to hear that you actually fear people being like, "Oh, I feel sorry for that guy." Yeah. Interesting. I suppose that's kind of the case for me. Like, I I I feel like this is the like like for me, this is the scenario that Mimi worries most about. I feel like she worries most about, for example, if I abandon my medical career and become a YouTuber and then become a washed up YouTuber and then fail at doing the YouTube thing. At that point, yeah. it becomes a case of other people, people being like, oh, wow, you know, I feel so sorry for this guy. He seemingly had it all and he, he let it all go. Oh, poor guy t- type situation. Yeah. I feel like that's like a primary fear that Mimi has of the sort of path that I'm, I'm going down. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 
Right. But you, so you, you don't actually feel that yourself at all? What, the fear of... Not really. Like, I, I can't really imagine a scenario where... I can't, I can't really imagine a scenario where people would take pity on me. Uh, okay. I mean, what would that look like? It would look like someone deleting my YouTube channel and being no way of getting it back. Also getting struck off the GMC, the General Medical Council Register. Um, also losing all of the monetizable skills that I have in my head. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not a scenario that I've ever thought to fathom, really. Right. But Yeah, I guess I, I don't consciously think about it. Yeah, I don't consciously think about it. But when I think about like, what might happen if I, if things go badly, it's kind of, it's not like, oh man, I might not have food. It's kind of like, oh man, you know, I'll be, I, I know I'll be fine with my life, yeah. but other people might feel bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, right, next point. Um, trust me, there is no them. Mm, that's interesting. That, that is interesting. We, we live in a society. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's strong. We live in a society vibes. I think there's, there's a lot of truth tied up in that. Trust me, there is no them. I think one of one of the circumstances in which I see this play out in real life is where people have this view that other people are substantially different to them in their thought patterns. For example, going back to the fear of being thought foolish, um, one of the commonest fears that I hear is people wanting to, for example, start a YouTube channel, but worried that, oh, People in my school will think I'm weird or people at my university will think I'm weird for trying to start a YouTube channel. And the question that I ask is, if someone, if one of your mates started a YouTube channel, would you think it weird? And they're like, no, of course not. And then I'm like, okay, but then then why do you think other people would find it weird? Like, why are you uh, sort of ascribing these, these different sort of thought patterns onto these other people thinking that they're a different type of breed to you? Like, we're all basically the same. Like, you know, for the most part, no one cares. And no one cares about whether you start a YouTube channel or not. Like, and I, I think that kind of, me versus them kind of mentality is quite prevalent in that in that kind of micro example hmm. let me think about this for a second i think potentially there's also a an element of a sort of like that uh, i think it's that steve jobs quote or something that says um never forget that everything around you was created by people no no more smarter than you yeah and it's very easy for us to think that oh you know, this isn't the sort of thing I can do. This is the sort of thing that other people can do. Yeah, people like them. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's, uh, that's prescient, whatever that means. Yeah, I think the the Steve Jobs quote is probably my interpretation of this as well. Yeah, all right. Uh, we've got a, a comment from unnamed entity who says there is no them equals there is no collective evaluating and plotting against you. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. a good point. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a very good point. There's another question. Daniel Fernandez says, who got more girls in high school, Tamer or Ali? <laughs> we went to a boys' school. <laughs> it was a uh, zero, zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, the uh, next piece of advice is, the more you're interested in others, the more interesting they find you. To be interesting, be interested. I hate this. That, this I, a, I strongly dislike this. Cl- this cl- is so classic Dale Carnegie <laughs> advice. <laughs> This is classic not okay feelings. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, to think of being interesting as a goal is, you know, that's not the goal. You know, th- this is seeing like, I, oh, I want, I want other people to think I'm interesting. Therefore, I will do these things. No, that's a bad reason for doing things. You should do things. Other people might find them interesting. They might not. That's it. The goal should never be anything to do with, I want to be perceived in this particular way. And fine, you could use this as like a heuristic of like, Oh, okay. Maybe it's valuable for me to take an interest in others. Maybe I—I I don't know, man. I think you—you you understand why this doesn't sit right with me. I understand why it doesn't sit right with you, but I think you're. So there's something that uh, Derek Siffers said on a live stream that he and I did last week. Hashtag flex. He said oh. he said that um, truth is always much more nuanced than can fit in a pithy tweet. Uh, and so when you read a pithy tweet that that contains life advice. You don't want to, you want to think, you want to sort of give it a big, a, a large amount of leeway in, yes. okay, Fine. in, in what circumstances might this be right? Yes. Look, that's fine. Look, I, look, I'm all about like charitable interpretations of things. However, I think there are certain frames that are really problematic and reinforced by everything in society. Okay. And I think when, when there is some nice pity quote or something that reinforces this problematic frame, 
I think it is problematic. <laughs> like, fine, I could read this advice and my takeaway could be that, you know, I should be more interested in people. Yes, obviously, like, you know, that's a good takeaway from this piece of advice. However, I think it invisibly reinforces a very, a very problematic framing that is highly prevalent everywhere we look. And so I think it's better for me to sit here and speak out against it than to be like, oh, yes, here's what I take from it. I guess the good thing to take would be this, <laughs> you know? Okay. Yes. And I, I, will, I will rail against anything that assumes this frame <laughs> because I think it's really important. And I think you should do the same. Okay, fine. I'm sold. <laughs> I don't think, actually, on this note, though, I haven't watched too many of your videos, but the impression I get from uh, talking about this stuff with, with you is that you don't, really, you don't really take a critical frame to these kinds of things. Like, I, I think you agree with me that this is problematic. Yes, and I, yet I, yeah, can, I agree I, with you that it's problematic. I can imagine if you were making a YouTube video about this, you would you would go through all the things. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is a good one. I think it's really good to be interested in people." <laughs> right on to the next one. <laughs> you know, like I can't imagine you like taking a stand against this when when you you agree with me that it's 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 a bad thing. Is that fair, or am I is that, am I misrepresenting how you'd actually treat this? No, I think I think that prob- probably is fair. Although my issue with this wouldn't. Like if I were, if I were talking about this in a YouTube video, my my issue with it wouldn't be in the the framing of it, which implicitly um, reinforces a certain type of thinking, which is the kind of I'm not okay, you're okay type thinking. Yeah. My issue with this would be that actually this is not this is not uh, actually a viable strat, depending on kind of what your goal is, <laughs> because. Because because there are different different levels of of thinking about this sort of phrase, right? So you're kind of railing against it in a sort of a sort of high level. I don't like the way this is phrased because it's it's um, reinforcing a, t- a certain type of worldview. Whereas I agree with you on that front, but it's but I don't feel so strongly about it that I would kind of go on a personal rant about how I don't like how everyone should just be their authentic selves and and stuff because. I think there is value in quote learning how to be more interesting to others. I I, th- I think what I think your view in this would be similarly. You would likely perhaps this is me misrepresenting you, but I feel like similarly you would rail against any advice that teaches people how to be better looking in terms of their body type if they're not currently I, unhealthy. In that I don't think I w- in, in in that. I feel in, in in that for example, like I'm not currently unhealthy in my in, in in my body type, but I want to get more hench purely so that I can look good, and that is mostly for the sake of other people. And yeah, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Okay, so why is this any different? Like, I want to get more hench so that other people will admire me more. Essentially, is what the thought process goes for most people. Most guys our age who want to go to the gym, it that is usually the prime motivator, whether or not we admit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What? Why do you then rail against advice that says this is how other people will find you more interesting, or this is how to be a better storyteller so that you can hold people's engagement a bit more? No, no, no. Why, I, I don't rail against why, the storytelling. Why, why is this different? I think the the realm of like physical appearance is a is a special case because give me a second here. But for, for the record, I don't I don't rail against the storytelling advice. Okay, sure. But I'm trying to understand like what's different about the more you yeah, know, yeah, to, yeah to be interesting, be interested versus. To tell a compelling story, make sure you follow the three-part narrative or the or, or the the hero's journey structure, and make sure you sort of have a climax and then you finish. Okay, What's the okay. difference that, those two? That, that that that's an easy one. The difference between those two is that uh, the goal of uh, you know the uh, the you know here's how to tell a good story thing. I think there are very there are very innocent and fine motives for wanting to tell a good story. You know, there's no innocent and fine people to think you're interesting. That's like that is always a you know. If you want other people to think you're interesting, that is always a problematic worldview. Uh, not worldview, but like it's it's a problematic sort of uh, frame that you're that you're in. Okay, would it be and like would it be fair to say would it would, would it be equally problematic to say well I want people to think I'm I'm interesting because then they'll value my company more and are more likely to invite me to events if I'm the sort of presence that quote adds something in inverted commas to the social dynamic rather than just being a neutral presence. Wait, are you asking like? Is it fine to want to be interesting purely from like a selfless? I want to add more value to other people's lives. Is that is that what you're asking, or are you asking something different? I'm I'm saying 
I'm arguing that it is fair to want to be more interesting, just like it is fair to want to be more athletically built. Both of those are designed to um, garner the attention slash admiration of others. And both of those are equally okay, is what I would argue. And I'm, uh, okay. I'm open to changing my mind on that, but I want to, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's, 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 okay. it seems like you're with me on the athletic one, but you're not with me on the interesting one. Yeah. So I think, I think the difference there is that, uh, the, okay, let, let, let let's, uh, let's not talk about the athletic thing. Let's just say like, you know, physical appearance. So, you know, how you dress, how well-groomed you are, all okay, of that kind fine. of stuff. Yeah. Let's put it in that bucket and okay. yeah, how hench you are if you're a guy comes into that. Uh, and the reason I think the physical appearance thing is a bit of a justifiable edge case is because give me a second here. okay so we've got a co- interesting comment from charlotte quill she says that the problem is that you can't force people to see you a certain way if you force yourself to act a certain way then people eventually aren't valuing you they're valuing the persona you're putting on um i would disagree with charlotte on that front i think i think that you tamor you you're very keen on doing the whole i value people as sort of in intrinsic human value and intrinsic human worth and all that stuff which is yeah which is absolutely fine I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that but i think um as we live in a selfish world people are constantly where wh- whether we like it or not we're all sort of evaluating the people that we come across in terms of whether this person is a valuable addition to my life or not uh, and as much as you love to talk, talk about everyone being your comrade chances are you are unlikely to want to make the effort to hang out with someone. Or for, or, or for example, if we got a random email from, from someone or, or you got a random Instagram DM from someone who wanted your advice on something and you didn't think that that person was, quote, valuable enough to warrant spending your time on, you wouldn't spend time on them. Uh, whether or not either of us would, would, would like to admit it publicly. And so there is an element of, of it being worthwhile to be seen of value to others. Because value is subjective. So like if we're seen to be valuable, then we are being valuable in, in some way. And being interesting is one of those aspects of value that is definitely a thing and that we actively can work on. Yes. Yeah, I think it's worth disentangling uh, two things. Like I'm totally with you that it is it is valuable to you and to other people if uh, other people find you valuable. You know, I'm not denying that at all. I think there is, I guess, uh, maybe you can go to like, there is, in, there is instrumental value in uh, being interesting and being attractive, all this kind of stuff. There's instrumental value in that. Uh, in, uh, in instrumental meaning? Instrumental meaning it is just like, it's like physically a useful thing. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. having some money is instrumentally valuable compared to having zero money, sure. for example. It's, it's just like, it's a useful thing. Okay. But like you can do stuff with it. However, I, okay, so I, I think that's where, the, that's where the physical appearance thing comes into it as well. It's because, actually, yeah, I, I guess I sort of see physical appearance as like only only really an instrumental thing like it's really only for other people like it, it's only it's 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 purely an instrumental thing because like i don't know you don't experience your physical appearance right you like other people other people experience that you, you experience it to an extent but like i'd say like whereas um you know be this thing about like being interesting this touches on a, an aspect of you that is not just like this instrument instrumental thing that's like you know really just for the sake of other people but um uh just kind of on that point um uh, i think i think people people would disagree with that because our own appearance is not exclusively no no i instrumental I, value because yeah, yeah, no, yeah no i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that i'm saying that like there there is this like balance of certain you know attributes about ourselves being sort of like instrumental things you know versus more like intrinsic things i suppose and the physical appearance thing i think it's you know i mean ideally you shouldn't care about what, what people think about you but almost anything <laughs> apart from if they pity but, you apart from if they pity you that's <laughs> yeah. that's non-negotiable <laughs> that no is the one extreme policy. edge case that you're allowed <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah obviously like in an ideal world you'd be sitting You'd be freaking Navarro Ravikant sitting in a cave, just like <laughs> just pulling in good vibes from the world, <laughs> you know, through a meditative state. That's that's the that's peak human form, okay. <laughs> but uh, if we fail to meet that, I think yeah, the the reason I think it's it's fine to care about your physical appearance for the sake of other people is because uh, your yeah your your sort of physicality is just more of a it's more of an external facing thing. Where at, and so like it's more of an external facing thing 
And it, it's also like a very self-contained thing. It's like, you know, there's how you look and then there's everything else. And so if you're, if, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, I want to improve how I look so that other people think I'm more attractive. So I like get more girls or whatever, you know, okay. then it's like, it's like fine, whatever. It's like, it's its own little box. Whereas the everything else, I think if you start, if, if you're in the wrong frame for the everything else, that's like a much more significant, you know, it's, it's just like sort of uh, who, who you are almost like the, the everything else is, is, is substantially, I, I, I would say what makes up you. And if you're using an external compass to guide the everything else, I think that, uh, that it's far worse than using an external compass to guide the well-defined box of physical appearance. Okay. Do you, do, you, do, you agree that, do you agree that the physical appearance and the everything else is like, the physical appearance is slightly different to the everything else and the, the, the being interesting kind of has its you know, slimy tentacles all over the everything else. And so you don't want other people, you don't want your compass for the, the everything else to be external. You want it to be internal. Um, fine. You also want your compass for your physical appearance to be internal, ideally. I think, I think, I think we're both agreed that in an ideal world, you, you'd be sort of like... Uh, you'd be Alakazam. You'd be, you'd be an Alakazam floating two feet off the ground, <laughs> just like meditating and like... Exactly, meditating yeah, in a cave and, and occasionally yeah. tw- tweeting out pithy insights. That, <laughs> yeah. that would be like the dream state. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be in an ideal world. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, being a VC <laughs> would be the ideal state of affairs, um, where you aren't relying on the external validation of others for for for, for anything at all. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, th- I think appearance also falls under that bracket of like, yes, in an ideal world, I shouldn't care yeah. about whether I've got a six pack or not, but actually, I do because, sorry, lock yeah. me up. I'm an imperfect human being. I think being interesting also has significant instrumental value, and I think you're falsely applying it into this bucket of everything else when actually it is a skill that can be worked on just like everything is a skill that can be worked on no no i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you on that okay i'm just saying that this is a uh, i'm just saying that this this is like not the best frame to approach this there are there are better frames that lead to the same outcome that don't reinforce this kind of i'm not okay worldview you know like I'm, I'm not disagreeing that it's instrumentally useful. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a skill that can be that there's not a skill that can be worked on or okay. should be worked on. Yep. I just think it should be approached from a different place than I want other people to, to think I'm interesting. Okay, what would you suggest instead? And while you're thinking about that, I just want to address a, 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 some stuff that's in lots of comments. So Charlotte has commented back saying, I think everyone cares about their appearance and everyone cares about other appearances. But for me, the problem is when you try to be someone that you're not in your personality, I hope this makes sense. And equally, there's quite a few comments from people saying that uh, the reason, the one of the reasons why this is problematic is because you're trying to, in a way, fake some sort of personality that you are not by default. Um, and this ties into the heart of something that I will I do have a strong opinion and rail against all the time, which is this thing of yeah, yeah. being. I agree. Okay, good. I'm 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 saying it for the sake of the chat. Uh, that yeah. being yourself is a complete myth. Like you know, we are literally just a collection of accidents that happened in our upbringing. We did not choose the personalities that we ended up with for the most part. It's all just a result of accidents. And so, rather than just be yourself, which is a load of BS, <laughs> it's it should be you should then that we we should all be choosing ourselves to the extent that we want to. Um, and so whether, you know, my default personality is, you know, fairly, fairly low energy. Um, the person that I am on video, the person that I am when I'm trying to actively be charismatic is very, very different to the person I am when I'm at home and I'm just like a moody teenager. Uh, you know, it would be, it would be ridiculous of me to say that, oh, actually, I'm not going to try and be, um, you know, friendly and outgoing because that's not my default personality. It would, you know, it it would be, utterly absurd for me to say i'm going to keep being myself even though being myself is the sort of guy that just wants to sit in front of a computer and play world of warcraft all day like this is kind of to address all these various comments about um your personality and how actually we don't want to change our our true personality i don't don't think there is a thing as having a true personality Uh, and if we want to change it then we absolutely can but going back to i think i think you're probably with me on that front yes good um so going up to so the more you are interested in others the more interesting they find you to be interesting be interested how would you like to reframe that in a way that's less problematic in your in your view? 
because I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. I, I see that, yes, it does promote uh, an, an attitude of kind of pandering to the opinions of others, but I don't think that's, that's, that's a bad thing per se. Um, yeah, so I, no, I, I totally agree with everything you said about like you know, this thing about like being yourself. Uh, I don't really buy it. I don't think it's that helpful. How, however, you do have, you, you have control over what you use to decide who yourself is. Okay. And I think it is uh, preferable to ha- to choose who you want to be, to choose this yourself uh, a bit more intrinsically, uh, n- not intrinsically, but like, yeah, but for this self that you choose that you choose to become, to be more self-directed than directed by other people. Uh, okay. And so, wait, and so, yeah, how would I like, how would I like reframe the thing? Also, my microphone's also, also stopped recording. <laughs> Since when? Uh, I don't know. But actually, I, I have my proper microphone feeding into the live live stream. So I will have retained some decent semblance of audio. So it's all good. Okay. This episode will be a chopped up version of some YouTube live stream. <laughs> my AirPods and some actual recording. Yes. And you're, and you're going to do the editing for it. So that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I saying? How, how, how would I like reframe how, the thing? How, how would you reframe the thing? Because I think... You and I think we're both agreed that it's re- it is a reasonable goal to want to be more interesting to others, right? Yes. And what Kevin Kelly is saying is that, well, to be more interesting to others, you should be more interested in them. And you're saying, <laughs> no, Kevin Kelly, you're wrong. In your 68 years, <laughs> you've got 44 years over me, but I don't believe you. I think this is completely problematic. <laughs> um, whereas I think, oh, Kevin, I, I think you're right. I'd probably disagree that actually... For, for for example, it is not it is not simply just that you need to be interested in others in order to find find them interesting. Like for example, if I were to I don't know go up, yeah, you know, if if I could somehow get the guts to go up and talk to an attractive girl on on the street, just being interested in her is absolutely not going to do me any favors. Um, like there are so many different circumstances in which we have to pro- provide value of us like by ourselves to other people rather than simply being interested in them. But I can see that this this comment: the more you're interested in others, the more interesting they find you. Uh, is generally applicable to a lot of things, um, especially if you're talking to people that are equal to or underneath you in the social hierarchy of whatever context you happen to be in. I think probably, like, I think what you, yeah, the thing you just said about like, if you have any criticism, it might be that like, this this isn't like the only thing. I think that's kind of stupid to be honest. Like no one, I don't think anyone would interpret this as being, as saying like, oh, the, the only way to be interesting is to just be interested in someone. That's all it takes. Okay, know. no, sure. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of the, all the all, all the nuance with this statement that's not in the in the pithy tweet. But that is a common okay. criticism of Dale Carnegie's uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People," in that really? he gi- he gives this example of how he was at this uh, cocktail party or something, and he sat down with some botanist and asked him about botany and flower arranging for a solid two hours. And at the end, the guy was like, "Oh my god, you know, you're such a good conversationalist." And Dale Carnegie was like, his his kind of takeaway from that from that chapter was. See, he thought I was a great conversationalist just because I was taking an active interest. And right. that, that's all fine. But like a common criticism levied against that is, let's say you're at a networking event, you're talking to, you're talking to one of the senior partners, like it is not enough just to be interesting, uh, just to be interested in them, which is, is, is sort of the thing that this implies that oh, okay. in the book implies that this is a casual solution to, to, to the problem of, of being a valuable human being. <laughs> Whereas I'm saying, okay, no, there's, there are other things depending on the context. But I, okay, yes. anyway. I in general agree with Kevin on this front uh yeah i think i think what kevin is saying is true here's how i'd probably reframe it i'd probably say something along the lines of uh, yeah i think what kevin is really getting at like i'd probably reframe it so there's there's two ways to reframe it there's re- there's reframing it to describe how you can actually be interesting and there's reframing it to describe why you should actually be interested in other people okay okay do you, do you see what i mean yeah i'd probably i'd probably reframe this to describe why you should actually be interested in other people um and it would probably be around my, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess it's hard for me because I almost see that as like axiomatic because of my whole thing about, you know, human, human connection, intrinsic worth fellow man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all that kind of rubbish that I strongly believe. Yeah. I almost see it as like axiomatic. So it's hard, it's hard for me to like try and convince someone to be interested in other people. Um, okay, yeah. I think yeah, and, and like uh, if I, if yeah, I, I were to, fair. if I were to reframe it to like just have, have like a different way of, thinking about how to be more interesting it wouldn't be so that other people think you're yeah, so, yeah i don't know about so you it's it's sort of the equivalent to the to the 
to the uh, kind of joke quote, which is that if you're nice to people, people will think you're nice. You would say that be nice to people for its own sake, rather than sort of framing it as a, I'm going to be nice to people so that people will think I'm nice. Right, yeah. Okay, that seems reasonable. Um, So we've been been going for an hour and 11 minutes. Shall we split into part part two of the episode now? Uh, Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's no point kind of resetting the whole the whole setup okay so um yes uh that's it for part two of the kevin kelly series we've still got loads of life advice to get through because thank you kevin for giving us all this content uh we're not going to read a review because we're just going to sort of plow on and do the next episode so thanks for watching and thanks for listening rather and we'll see you next week that's it for this week thank you for listening if you like this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on the apple podcast website if you're not using an iphone there's a link in the show notes if you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum question or just anything that we could discuss yeah if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. if you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly that's fine as well tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.